evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the How Do You Do Review right here on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg, here in Churchill and across Manitoba on Bell MTS Channel 713, and across the fine city of St. John's, Newfoundland on CHMR 93.5 FM. It's good to have you along. It's snowing in Churchill today, but it's zero out there, which must mean that spring is here, which means that baseball is back. Opening day was last Thursday, and it went a little better than last year's opening day for my Detroit Tigers. In other words, they won. And you usually don't hear that word associated with the Tigers of the last few seasons, and I don't think that they'll be chasing any pennants this year. But what an exciting group of youngsters they are to watch. Akil Badu is a 22-year-old rookie who smashed the first pitch he ever saw in the major leagues out of the park. And the next day he hit a grand slam, and the next day he hit a walk-off single in the bottom of the 10th to beat those ugly, lowly Minnesota Twins. Remember that name, in Badu we trust. A little closer to home, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes are supposed to start their 2021 season in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on May 18th and are scheduled to have opening day at Shaw Park in downtown Winnipeg on May 21st against the Chicago Dogs. And obviously things are a little up in the air but we've got a special guest today that could tell us a little bit about their plans going forward. We'll be talking to Winnipeg Goldeyes General Manager Andrew Collier about that and shoot the breeze about baseball and whatever else comes up. So I'm definitely excited for that. And I'm also excited that we have another musical dispatch sent to us from best friend of the show. You know him, you love him, Mr. Tim Friesen. All this and more coming up. Let's get ready to play some ball here right now. From last year's album called Rivalry, Here's Dan Byrne, an opening day here on the How Do You Do Review, CKUW 95.9 FM, in the home of Shaw Park and your Winnipeg Gold Eyes! We're all undefeated, it's opening day. Everybody's shoulder feels okay Legs are fresh and young ponies at play And everyone could be MVP on opening day the Uniforms shine, grass is bright green No one's made an error, ERAs are pristine Hope simmer from Wrigley to Yawkey Way If you're lucky your grandpa will take you to opening day Opening day, opening day The visitors take the diamond in the traveling gray the middle and you're batting a thousand hooray Oh! 
Start your engines up, up and away Opening day, opening day This is the year, it's gonna be okay You called in sick, got you a ticket Can't wait to see the painted line and the brick Popcorn, peanuts, you got your choice Scully's had six months to rest that golden voice When it coats and gloves and boots are put away It's opening day That rookie can be the next Willie Mays Opening day It's really, truly finally here Opening day Hey, joining me now from Winnipeg is no stranger to the sports scene in the city and inductee to the Manitoba Baseball Hall of Fame, the general manager of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Mr. Andrew Collier. How's it going tonight, buddy? Hey, Joe. Good to talk to you. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice in Winnipeg from what you're telling me. It was a great day today, and uh, yeah, my home course, home golf course, is open up on Friday, so I'm hoping to get out then because uh, the weather is supposed to turn... A little colder next week, so hopefully get out Friday or Saturday. Oh, a little cold, like what, like, uh, like plus, <laughs> plus what, plus 10? That's chilly, super chilly. Yeah, it's, it, it's all relative, I guess. Yeah, well, actually, it's been a pretty decent spring for you guys, eh? It has. It's been really good. We, uh, we got the winter tarp off the field probably three weeks earlier than we did um, last year, so... And last year was decent, but yeah, we got uh, got the winter tarp off Shaw Park uh, last week, so that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you've been with the Gold Eyes from the very beginning in '94. Uh, Did you go straight from? So you graduated with a with a bachelor of uh, of commerce, right? From uh, University of Manitoba in uh, bachelor of commerce in 1992. Uh, worked a couple jobs just to pay the rent. Uh, my second job. Um, I worked for IBM in a data storage company. It was kind of in this basement of, of IBM and, and I'd watch eight computer screens and numbers would pop up and it would tell you what tape to go and get and you'd go and get the tape and companies like banks and stuff would download their data onto these, onto these giant hard drives and then you would store them. So I was doing that from 4 to 11 uh, every night. But that was the crappy part. The good part was I was able to golf every day, like yeah. 18 or 36 holes. So I, I lived just down the street from Southwood, um, lived right behind Monty's, actually, in the uh, in the condos there while I went to university. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I would rollerblade down Markham to Southwood and golf almost every day. So I, I played with Scott Taylor quite a bit. He right. he was there almost every day, and and in uh, April or May of '94, uh, when the, the after the team had been announced, Scott brought Sam Sam Cates out for a round. About the 14th hole, I got up enough nerve and and asked him for a job. He said, "Sure, send me your resume. I'll see what we got." I just kept bugging him every day for the next three weeks or a month, and. Finally, in the uh, first part of June, he gave me a job, and I think I missed the first three or four games, but pretty much there from the beginning. Yeah, so what was the 
what were you hired to do if, uh, right from the top? Well, that's kind of the funny part. I, I went into the uh, into the office, and our office at the time were in the Winnipeg Arena because uh, we were playing at the stadium. Right. And so I walked into the arena and and told the receptionist that I was there to see the general manager. I was I was starting that day, and so I went and sat in the general manager's office, and we kind of had a staring contest for about <laughs> five or ten minutes. And, <laughs> He finally picked up the phone and called Sam and said, "Why is this? Why is this guy here? And and what is he going to do?" And Sam said, "Well, I hired him on the golf course. He has a degree in something. Just find him something to do." <laughs> that's that's kind of how it all started. And I started out in ticket administration and started doing a little bit of sales and. You know, I, I ran with a cutout of a dog behind the outfield wall at Winnipeg Stadium. I did whatever whatever they needed me to do those first couple seasons and then moved into the new park and was the box office manager and just kind of worked my way up to GM after John Hindle decided to retire. Right, and um, and, and so far it's been, been pretty good. I, I read somewhere uh, organization of the year about, what, seven times while you've been at the at the helm, yeah, it's such a, such a great group that we that I get to work with every day. You've been to games. You, you've oh, yeah. been to a lot of mi- minor league games. You know what it takes to run a, a minor league team. You need a dedicated staff that's willing to do whatever. And there's no real titles at at the office. If the tarp needs to go on the field, you go out there and you pull the tarp on the field. If a box of bobbleheads arrives. Whoever's available, you go and do it. It's just uh, you need everybody, everybody on the same page, and we've got a really good group. As far as the baseball goes, like, were you ever like, were you a, a baseball fan before you uh, started with the Gold Eyes? Did you ever, did you ever play or anything like that? <laughs> I I played hockey longer than I played baseball. I was uh, typical I, I Canadian a great kid. Baseball player. Yeah. I was a uh, yeah a typical Canadian kid. I was a goalie, not a not a very good one. I was uh, usually the backup until I was sixteen, seventeen, and then then the shots got too hard. Didn't matter how much equipment you have on, you can still feel those shots if they hit you in the right spot. Oh yeah. So, so I I packed that in, and uh, my dad took my brother and I on baseball trips when we were younger. We used to hop in the van and go Minneapolis, Kansas City, Chicago, St. Louis. Um, yeah, all the, the Midwest kind of cities down there. I saw games at old and new Comiskey and Wrigley. And so that, that kind of cemented my love of the game and, and just, just the, the intricacies of baseball. I just, I'm just, I've, I've been a fan my whole life and to be able to work in it has been, uh, has been great. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, it's, uh, like baseball just has that has that magic to it. And, and, you know, and I, of course, good Canadian kids, right? Like I grew up with hockey, loved hockey, ate, breathed and uh, slept hockey. Uh, but it wasn't really until, you know, I was maybe in my early twenties that, uh, that I started watching a bit more baseball and I was just like, this game is, is, is like magic. Like everything about it, like the, from the, from the, the, from the managers wearing uniforms, to uh, to just all the little intricacies, like you said, like the, you know, take me out to the ball game during the seventh inning stretch. Like it's just a game of, of numbers and tradition, just just melded together so beautifully. 
Yeah, and, and the whole keeping score and, and watching people at games keeping score. I remember my dad at uh, when we would go to games, he would he would buy a scorecard and he would keep score and he'd he'd tell me, Okay, this is why you do this and this is why you do that and then he actually taught my son when uh, uh, when he was at some gold eyes games how to how to keep score as well. So it was he kinda handed that down to, to him as well and yeah, it's just it's a great game and it's not it's not fast paced. So you can sit there and have a conversation and and just enjoy a, a day out at the park. Well, everybody loves it. Like even if, uh, like I've taken people to Gold Eyes games that said that no, I don't like baseball. Baseball's boring. And I was like, well, you know, like if you watch it on TV, if that's all you really know about baseball. But I mean, uh, you really don't know what baseball is. Um, unless you go to a game, like unless you go to a live game, because just everything, everything changes. And I remember my first ball game, um, I was 15, I believe. And, uh, we were at old tiger stadium, my, my parents and my brothers. And it was, uh, it was like nothing I'd ever even imagined it could be. So, I mean, it was, uh, it still took me a while to to really kind of get into the into the game again, but like I still remember it was the uh, Tigers, Red Sox, and I believe it was uh, Alan Trammell's last year with Detroit, uh, Cecil Fielder's last year with Detroit. So it was, yeah, it was it was it was super cool, and I got to at least I got to go to one game. I wish I could have gone to a, another game at Tiger Stadium when I really kind of appreciated the history of the whole thing, but, uh, but Comerica Park is, is a nice, is a nice field. Um, but when it comes to, I mean, the majors is the majors, right? But there, there's, there's still something special about, uh, about minor ball. And as I got into it more, even, even independent ball has its own, you know, has its own uh, aura around it because it's not a, it's not really a prospect, a prospect driven league. It's a, really for a, a love of the game type league. Well, independent baseball is all about winning. And as opposed to affiliated ball, sometimes affiliated ball that the, uh, the major league club takes over and, and tells, tells the managers at, at a double a triple a who's going to play and where they're going to play and how many pitches they can throw and what kind of pitches they can throw. And, Independent baseball, it's all about winning, and if if you're not performing, then then the next guy up, and everybody knows that coming in, and and it's not a development league. You need to be ready to go right from the start. It's it's a hundred games in a hundred and nine days, and and there's no time for a, a ten game slump or or anything like that. It's just, and when people come to watch, I think they appreciate that. I think. They appreciate that guys are going out there and giving it their all, knowing that that they need to perform to stay in the league on the team. And if they perform well, the carrot is that a major league organization might pick them up, like they did with Brian Myro and Jeff Zimmerman and and Bobby George, Madrid, yeah, and George Cheryl, yeah, and uh, and Brandon Kinsley, who's still in the league, and he he pitched for us in 07, 08, went to the the Saints and. Milwaukee noticed him there, and and he's been going ever since. He's uh, he's had a great career. Yeah, it's it, that that was another thing. Um, like even watching uh, when I first started going to Gold Eyes games, this was it must have been, you know, oh two oh three. It was definitely when 
Uh, Bobby Madrich was still there, and George Sherrill was still there. And I used to to sit uh, right by the the home bullpen. And I remember George Sherrill being there, and then one day he wasn't there. And I remember saying to, you know, like just to one of the guys, because that's another cool thing about indie ball is that, you know, you could just, uh, you know, BS with the guys that are there. And uh, and I said, hey, where's where's George Sherrill? And I'm like, oh, I think he went to Tacoma or something like that. And it was just like, like, just like that. And it, and that, that sort of thing can happen, right? Like just poof. Yeah, George is such a great story. He uh, he was never drafted. He went to a little school, Austin P. Um, started with the the uh, Evansville Otters, and then uh, Sioux Falls, and then came to us. He was there for uh, 2002, and he was good. He wasn't great, but he had his big body. And he was left-handed, and uh, I think he he talked to Rick kind of near the end of the O2 season what do I need to do to, to move on? And Rick kind of said, well, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put some work in and, and like, you've got all the talent in the world, but you need to lose some weight and you need to concentrate on, on important things, not the off the field things you need to, if you really want to get there, put in the work and you'll get there. And he came back in Oh three and he had added five miles an hour to his fastball he was dominant for the first half of the season, 03, and Seattle made the call, and he was in Tacoma by the end of the year and then in the majors in no time, and then went on to great careers in, in Baltimore, closing for them, and and now he's uh, living a great life. Yeah, I, and actually my second major league game ever was uh, 2005, and uh, it was in Detroit, and Seattle happened to be in town, and so... I was super pumped to go over there because I was like, hey, like George Sherrill plays for Seattle. And I used to like, you know, I used to, you know, shoot the breeze with him in Winnipeg, like, you know, two years ago or something like that. And uh, so I was walking kind of around and uh, the concourse and uh, and I saw George at uh, like he was in the, the, the Mariners bullpen. And so I started, I said, Sherrill, Sherrill. And, you know, he's not looking. And I was like. Winnipeg, <laughs> and he looks up, and I because I had my gold ice cap on, and he was just like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, what a small world this is, and then it's like you said, a a good story, absolutely. So, uh, speaking of you know indie ball versus affiliated ball, um, what is going on with the American Association and Major League Baseball? Is there sort of a loose affiliation there, as far as? Well, geez, I don't know. Like, what is there anything that you can tell me how this is all going to work? Uh, yeah, we are uh, an MLB partner, as are the some other independent leagues, the Atlantic League, the Frontier League. Uh, what that means is we'll share data with them. Uh, we just made a, a a big announcement today that we're going to have Rap Soto, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Rap with what Rap Soto is, it if you've heard of Trackman, it's like it's like Trackman, but Rap Soto um it it tracks the, the velocity of the pitches, the spin rate, um, launch angle on hitters, um, bat speed, things like that. So we're gonna have all this data and MLB will have access to this and and even more importantly than that, we'll have that data and the, 
the pitchers and hitters will be able to look at that data. And, and Trevor Bauer's a, a huge spin rate guy, and we've seen what he's done with his career over the years. Um, just looking at uh, the analytics of pitching and and getting that high spin rate and and being deceptive to to hitters. And I don't know all the, all the science to it. Our our uh, broadcaster Steve Schuster, he's he's a huge uh, pitching analytics oh, guy. Yeah. He, he he's uh, yeah a driveline guy. He uh, he's really studied up on it and and knows his stuff, but. Uh, yeah, the partnership with MLB is good, and 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 uh, we'll be able to tap into some of their marketing, and 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 we'll be doing some MLB marketing at our parks. Cool, and that's and that kind of brings me to uh, um, sort of along the same lines of a uh, of the MLB and affiliated ball and things like that. So um, a, a big time rival of the Gold Eyes, the St. Paul Saints, they kind of. Um, well, I, for lack of a better word, because it's not they graduated, sure, but I mean it's just a, it's apples and oranges, right? So they're moving on now to be the AAA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins, and I mean that must be a kind of a bittersweet thing. It is, yeah. I know all the guys that are there. I've known them for years. Their GM came in two years after I did, so I've known them for a long time. And the radio guy, Sean, he's been there for a long time. Being an affiliated ball will will be great for them, and and it will be great for the Twins. Um, in a normal year, it'll add uh, thirty more home games. I think twenty or twenty or thirty more home games, and we've all seen what what they've done with attendance at CHS Field. They've done a great job there. The Absolutely. whole Twins organization does a great job. So yeah, it's uh, it's a good move. You know when when they built that beautiful park. Um, I wouldn't say I saw it coming, but in the back of your mind, you always and you see major league teams wanting their AAA teams closer and closer because you don't want a, a situation like Winnipeg had for a couple of years when they had their A team on the Rock and and made and their NHL team in Winnipeg. You don't right. want a situation where a guy, guy has to take a flight or two just to get there when you need them that night. So major league teams are kind of going that way. So when I saw the success of, of the Saints, it was kind of in the back of my mind that this this could happen down the road, and, and the Twins approached the Saints, and it all came together this year. Yeah, well, it's it's definitely good for them, and, I mean, it just obviously just makes perfect logistical sense, and, I mean, just being in the same division, too. I'm a huge Tigers fan, as most folks know. Like, uh, their, uh, their AAA team, the Toledo Mudhens, are just, you know, 45 minutes to the south of Detroit, so it obviously makes it super easy if somebody gets hurt in the morning, then they can have a prospect up there that night. So, I mean, it's uh, super easy that way. So, um, I mean, everything's up in the air now. Like, I mean, like COVID is just, I mean, so unpredictable. We don't really know what, uh, I mean, Ontario just went into lockdown. We saw, um, uh, as far as I've seen, I mean, the American Association has their schedule out. Winnipeg has their schedule out. Uh, do we know anything going forward as uh, what what may or may not happen? Will we see another uh, Fargo Gold Eyes type thing again? Well, I certainly hope not. I don't think we can. I don't think we can survive another summer like that. Being on the road the entire summer, we need to be at home. We need to play in front of fans. Um, as far as Manitoba goes, I think 
we've had good conversations with the province. We think we can do a good job of of having uh, uh, limited capacity and social distancing. I I keep telling our staff to to relay the message that there's really no reason why you can't come to a game with two or three other people that you know really well. You'll never have a need to come within six feet of any other person in the building. Right. It's so a it's a nice big part. Social distance. You know, You'll sit in your seats, and we're going to have the seats spaced out, where there's four here, two there, four there, so you won't even have to cross across somebody getting into your seat. We're going to have in-seat ordering, um, mobile ticketing. So, yeah, there's really no reason to come anywhere near anyone else when you're at the game. We think we can do it safely. As you know, the big thing is the border. Right. Um, we're, uh, we're just hoping that the vaccinations get sped up a little bit the u.s is doing a a, a fantastic job and uh by the time our our first home game rolls around all of our players will be vaccinated and i'm and i'm pretty confident the majority of our league will be vaccinated so there'll be no threat from from our players coming coming to uh coming to the ballpark or coming to canada even when they're in even when they are vaccinated the they're going to be coming to the hotel. They're going to go to the ballpark, play ball, and go back to the hotel. That's that's our plan. It's going to be our own modified bubble. They're not going to be locked in the rooms. But we played a whole summer last year in the States, and we had two cases in spring training, never had another one, and we had uh, multiple tests per week. Um, we know the, the gold eyes and the league know how to do this safely. And... Uh, our, our American partners are all ready to open up to between 15 and 50% capacity. They're ready to go. We just need to, uh, the border to open or some kind of exemption for, for vaccinated players and, and guys that are on a team that are going to basically stay together the entire time they're in Canada. Yeah. And I have, I certainly have no doubt with, uh, with the way that, that you folks run things over there that, uh, that it's a grade A plan for sure, and I know that, you know, once uh, once things kind of get get safer again, then I'm going to transition to uh, uh, another favorite topic of ours, uh, the craft beer corner. And I mean that uh, uh, number one, whose idea was that? And number two, if it wasn't yours, is this person getting a raise, or is are they getting like uh, their name retired on the field or something? Like, what a great idea that was. You know, and everything we do is a collaborative effort, but uh, I, I think you and I have known each other long enough that uh, we we both love beer. So, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, uh, the the craft beer corner has always been something that I've wanted at the ballpark, and 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 I can't say enough about Labatt and Fort Gary, the support they've given us over the years, and we still have them at the ballpark. Um, but I've always felt as barn hammers and torques and trans Canada's were opening, we were missing something at the ballpark, not just the beer, but the people that drink those beer. Right. I would go to barn hammer when barn, barn hammer was one of the first that opened and half pints, of course, but I would go to barn hammer and I would look around and, and, and I would say, none of these people come to our games. Like I could just tell that they're not coming to our games. We need to, Give them a reason to come and come and watch baseball and come to Shaw Park and experience. So when we, bottom line, we have too many seats at the ballpark. I'd love 
less less seats, <laughs> just make it more intimate. So when that was established, we decided we're going to take out the top 10 rows of sections A and B and put a deck in there. And once we had decided to do that, I said, this is the perfect opportunity to bring craft beer into the ballpark. So talking to Fork Erie and Labad, and like I said, they're great partners. I said, this, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to allow uh, two craft brewers per 10 games to have two taps at the ballpark in Craft Beer Corner, and Labatt and Fort Gary also have two taps in there. It went so well in 2018, we expanded that to um, uh, four taps, um, so then we had ten different craft breweries in the ballpark, five, two taps per five brewers, ten games. Yeah, so there's a lot of different craft brewers there. Just about everybody in the province, at some point, you could get one of their products, and, and it's been a great place for people to come and hang out, whether they just go and grab a beer and go sit down or sit at Craft Beer Corner and watch from there. That One of the nicest views in baseball is sitting in Craft Beer Corner with, Absolutely. The, with the museum in the background and, and the ball going on. It's, uh, it's a great place oh. to be. Well, you can't beat the... You can't beat the skyline of that park, you know, having the having the train uh, whipping around there from time to time. And the, like you said, the museum is there and it's it's yeah, it, it's so beautiful. And I and I miss it terribly. <laughs> and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back. Um, so is there a is there a preferred, uh, a, a, you know, as far as personal taste goes, as far as craft beer for that uh, something that you really enjoy? Uh, like a uh, a brand, sure, or a, a brand, style? A, a brand or uh, a style, or uh, you know, is there is there one that you kind of go to more than the others? I know you you sample a bunch because I mean I sample a bunch too, but there's always some that are just like, hey, I'm gonna have another one of those. Um, well, I won't say I won't say brand because uh, yeah. we've got a lot of great partners so for sure single Eddie out but I sure. think I mentioned some there Barnhammer Torque Trans Canada Half Pints um, Kilter Nonsuch all all great great people that, that work there but I'm probably mostly a logger guy or a mm-hmm. pilsner guy um, I, I do like the uh, the milkshake IPAs I've gotten into those oh yeah Cool. Not, uh, the sours. Uh, there's only a couple sours that I like. I, it's not my. It's not my go-to. Yeah. The, uh, the, the the dark ones. There's been some really really good stouts being made. Torque has uh, one that they've come out with the last couple of years. Fake news. Yeah. It's kind of a takeoff <laughs> on uh, the whole U.S. situation, but yeah. uh, it, that's a great one. Uh, Trans Canada just came out with a bar- uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout, which is outstanding. Oh, I'm I'm uh, so looking forward to trying that one out. I've uh, been a big fan of their uh, their lamp lighter. Uh, we have that uh, up in well up here in Churchill, and um, you know the this I wish the selection was more diverse, but um, but we're still lucky to get kind of the some of the craft beers that that we do. Like we have some you know Middle Province. Um, a bunch of the Trans Canada breweries. I'm I'm waiting for them to get some torques because I, I I'm missing the missing all of that stuff for sure. But yeah, the uh, something that I'm into and it's very hit or miss. Either it's the best beer I've had or it's the worst beer I've had. And it's 
the wheat beers. And I, a, a good wheat beer is just, mm, it's so good. Um, so I'm still looking. I, 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 and, and I'll be honest too, I haven't had a chance just being up in Churchill. I haven't had a chance to go to a lot of these, uh, these breweries down South. And obviously with the state of things, you don't, you don't get to really sample as much as you'd like. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely, definitely always on the hunt for a, for a good wheat beer. Um, yeah, so the the another thing I was kind of looking up when I was uh, wanting to chat with you was uh, I. That's okay. I was I was gonna say next time you're down and when restrictions allow, I'll find us a driver and we'll go for a tour around town. Yes. And we'll, uh, we'll do some sampling. Oh, I'd love to do that. Hey, did you know that there's uh that there's another Andrew Collier who was involved in baseball? He an assistant. He was an assistant. He used to be. Uh, up until I think 2018, he was an an, an assistant GM uh, for the Auburn Double Days of the New York Penn League, and his name is Andrew Collier. You ever heard of that guy? I have not. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's what I thought too. I was just like, <laughs> I, I I was uh, looking up the name, and I just wanted to see if there was anything that I missed, and I and I was like. Since when are you in charge? Are are you doing that too? Like you're so busy. And then I looked. I'm like, no, it's a, it's a different Andrew Collier. So yeah, I, th- I thought I'd see if you, uh, if if you knew the guy. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe you guys will have to form some sort of superpower group or something like that, and uh, could have like an all star team. It could be Andrew Collier versus Andrew Collier. That'd be kind of a neat, uh, sure, kind of a neat yeah. thing. Um, the uh, and, and you're also uh, involved with the gold eyes field of dreams foundation. Um, tell us a little bit about that, the kind of stuff that, uh, the foundation does. And, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So back in 95, this was, uh, Sam's idea. He wanted to create a charity to, to be able to give back to the community that's been so good to us. And, and, so the field of dreams was established in 95. And since then, um, more than $2.6 million has been donated to children's charities in Manitoba. And the best part is every dollar that comes in goes out. We, we bring it all in during the season through 50-50 golf tournaments, silent auctions. And then in November, we send out a, an RFP and, and ask uh, charities for, for proposals on, on what they would like the money for and how they're going to use it. And, and then we give all the money away, which is great because it's about one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year that we're able to give away. Our philosophy has always been um, less amounts to more charities. Instead of just picking two or three and giving them fifty or seventy-five thousand dollars, we give up to forty different charities uh, money each year. And some of these are smaller charities that don't get a lot of the a lot of the press and and. $5,000 to them means the world. It means another program they can run or it means another 15 kids they can come to their camp. Um, riding for the Disabled is one that we've been involved with since back way back in 95. What a great organization. Um, yeah, and, and, and being able to give a, a, a bike to a, a kid that otherwise wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to to ride a bike because of physical physical challenges that they have, but uh, uh, there's a place called Freedom Freedom Bikes. I think it's called. It's a Winnipeg company. They make these adapted bikes to be able to 
see the look on, on these kids' face when you give them a bike that uh, is because of Gold Eyes fans buying 50-50 or buying jerseys or, or whatever. For the Field of Dreams Foundation to be able to buy these things for these kids is just uh, its probably the best part of my job, actually. That's awesome. Well, just another... And just another class act, part of a class act organization. So if, if anybody wants to find out more about uh, the Field of Dreams Foundation, uh, how would they go about that? It's on our website, goldeyes.com, uh, under the community tab. There's more info there. Obviously, 2020, we didn't didn't raise the uh, the funds that we normally do because we didn't have the 50-50 or golf tournament, but hopefully we'll be able to get back to the park and get back to 50-50 and, and other things we do uh, to raise some funds so we can help out some charities in the fall. Awesome stuff. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for uh, for joining me today. Um, last thing, and uh, you know, you, you've got an eclectic taste in music, which works out perfect for for this show. Is there uh, any uh, any tunes I can play for you? Anybody I can play for you? I know what I'm putting you on the spot here, but anything you want, boom, I've got it for you. You know what? How about some Tim Hicks? Good, uh, good Canadian singer. My son actually got me into country music about three years ago, and I, I was never a country music bef- fan before that, but uh, into it now. And uh, Tim Hicks, uh, yeah, stronger beer. Why not? Awesome! I'm totally going to play that. Speaking of your boy, he's a <laughs> uh, he's a pretty good uh, ball player too, eh? Yeah, he's. Uh, He's going to go to college in Kamloops. He's going to go play Thompson Rivers University, TRU, for the for the Wolfpack in in the fall. Graduates from Oak Park in in June and has uh, committed to to go play ball and at TRU and is, is very excited about it. And I'm I'm just so proud of him because ever since he started playing baseball, he said I'm going to go to university and play baseball. And I was like okay, if, if that's what you want to do, if you think he can do it, you got to work for it. And he's he's earned everything he's got. And, uh, yeah, very proud of him. That's wonderful. Right on. Well, best of luck to him. And uh, best of luck to the Gold Eyes this year. I'm I'm so looking forward to uh, to seeing them back in the field. And uh, by hook or by crook, I think it's going to happen. So I'm uh, my fingers are crossed, and I think it's uh, I think it's going to work out. I got a seat saved at Crop Beer Corner just for you. Yes, right on. Very good. Well, thanks so much for that, Andrew. Thanks, Joe. We eat Smarties, you eat M&M's And you think all our money looks pretend Yeah, we got Brian Adams Hey, you got Bruce Springsteen But we can drink in bars when we're just 19 You got Brad Pitt, but we got Keanu Reeves But we got the best lake fishing, you best believe Yeah, you make fun of us cause we spell color with you You think you're all that, Mr. Red, White, and Blue we say hey, you say y'all Yeah, we both got pro football Except we got big balls in a longer field We say Z, you say Z Sure, we watch all your TV You got a stronger armor down there Men up here We got stronger beer You got Dunkin' Donuts 
us, we got Timmy's. We got more land, but bro, you got more cities. You sure love the NFL, MLB, and the NBA. But to the great wide north, hockey is the only game. Hey, we say hey, you say y'all. Yeah, we both got pro football. Except we got big balls in a long field. Watch on your TV. You got a stronger army down there, a man up here. We got stronger beer. So here's to you, my southern neighbor. All kidding aside, it takes me six beers to get pissed drunk. But for you, it takes nine. Sucker. Watch all your TV. You got a stronger army down there. A man up here. We got strong beer. Yeah, we got strong beer. Whoa, we got strong beer. Yeah, we do, baby. Do y'all really have stronger beer? Answer yes. There's a song for Andrew, that Stronger Beer by Tim Hicks from his debut album called Throwdown, and that was released in 2013. And that's some pretty bang-on stuff. And, you know, three-down football, we got to keep it, you know. You can call me crotchety all you want, but I'm with Bob Irving on this. Keep the three-downs, keep the rouge, none of this fair-catch nonsense. I'm excited to see what The Rock and the XFL can bring to the table, but the Canadian game is just more exciting. In my humble opinion, anyway. Thanks to Andrew Collier for joining me earlier. It was great to talk to him about two of my favorite things, baseball and beer. We're going to give the floor now to our pal Tim Friesen, who is also in Winnipeg, and he has another dispatch for us from the big city. Take it away, buddy. Hello, how do you do, review listeners? This is Tim Friesen with Dispatch 28. It's called Absurd Apology. Written two weeks ago and recorded last night. Hope you enjoy. Oh, 
You're listening to CKUW 95.9 FM, Winnipeg.
Casey and Clayton. And that song is from their latest album, which features Marlon Williams, who is a singer-songwriter from New Zealand. And you might have seen him on the silver screen in the movie A Star is Born. He plays the fella fronting the Roy Orbison tribute band. But yeah, what an incredible collaboration. The song is called I'm Gonna Break It. The album is called Plastic Bouquet, and it was released last year. What a voice Casey Anderson has. Her and her cousin Clayton Linthicum are the best thing to come out of Saskatchewan, along with their Durham and their Red Spring Wheat. Before that was the new solo endeavor from Patrick Pentland, who is a member of Sloan. He calls the project Fuzzed Out, and that song is called My Own Worst Enemy. He has a bunch of songs written that are meant to be loud, and I guess he couldn't convince the rest of the band to go crazy with him. And uh, I think this song definitely harkens back to his earlier days with the band, so I'm absolutely looking forward to more you can find that two song ep on his bandcamp page that's fuzzedoutband.bandcamp.com and starting the music off there was our dispatch from tim friesen there in winnipeg that song was called absurd apology tim is a songwriting machine and he delivered yet another great one this week thank you so much tim and thanks to winnipeg gold eyes gm andrew collier for joining us today it's always great to talk to him And we're done for another week. And thank you so much. I'm thanking everybody today. Thank you for tuning into the program today. No matter how you found it, uh, whether over the airwaves or whether you're streaming it online or if you're listening to the podcast, either way, I'm in your debt. Thank you. The How Do You Do Review is produced for and by CKUW 95.9 FM at the University of Winnipeg and was recorded right here in Churchill, Manitoba. This program is also shared with our great friends at CHMR 93.5 FM in St. John's, Newfoundland. Please check these fine stations out online to get program information, broadcast schedules, and all of it. Head to www.ckuw.ca and www.chmr.ca. 
head to our website too. It's howdoyoudoreview.tumblr.com or find us on Facebook. If you're listening in Winnipeg, stay tuned for Chexa. And if you're listening in St. John's, the blind lemon blues are coming straight at you. Later. 